podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to your new home for football, where you'll get real international coverage from real football fans. We're talking Brighton, England, Birmingham, England, London, England, Glasgow, Scotland, Dublin, Ireland, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and St. Louis, Missouri. You'll get coverage from all the big time leagues. Join in on live day match watch longs. Enjoy live football debates. Nothing but all things football. Catch us live 8pm UK time on Thursdays on all major platforms or listen to us the next day on the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Football Nation, your home for all things football. Hey guys, this is Football Nation, your home for all things football. I'm joined today by Crazy Boom and King. How are you guys? Good. I'm good. Yeah, not so bad, thank you. Yeah. How's your been your how's your week's been? Uh, good. I'm I've not done too much this week. Watched the football. Uh got absolutely heartbroken at the end of an Arsenal game and then uh <laughs> Had so much joy in the semi-final. Yes. So, oh, highs and lows this week for me. Yeah, I'm very similar. But I've got, I'm, I'm nursing a bit of a, a uh, hangover tonight. It was our work Christmas day last night, and I might have drunk a little bit too much. <laughs> so, uh, on the beds. Yeah. One shot, two shot, three shot, four. Yeah. So, what about you, King? Yeah, pretty uneventful wait for my rather. We will go straight into it then and uh, go over the games. So, starting off with Leicester City 2, Brighton 2. Uh, my first comments was, what a first goal by Brighton, and on the second as well. And uh, Leicester played quite well. Maybe turning a, turning a corner. What's your thoughts, King? Oh, yeah, I think it's a good result in the grand scheme of things. With, uh, I know Brighton... Aren't really at the form they were at early season, but they're still on on good form. Seeing sixth in the Premier League, so oh, I, don't know. I, think, I don't know if you look at their form. I think they've been better under. Uh, Brighton made a mistake in this game. Their mistake was bringing Welbeck back into the team over Evan Ferguson, the Irishman. Mm. We saw when he came on in the second half, he completely changed the momentum again into Brighton's favour, which led to his beautiful. Equaliser for that was a good goal. Definitely a decent point for Leicester though, Beans have only had one win in six and I think there's four losses in that period as well. Only had they, they, yeah, they needed that, especially on James Madison's return. Yeah, mm-hmm. and two shots on target, two goals. Uh, was it James yeah. Madison's return, was it? Yeah, yeah he came off the yeah. bench. I'm hearing he game. could be uh, maybe going in the January window. Yeah. yeah. I think there's very high chance of him going and probably potentially being... I'm surprised no one's gone in for uh, Tillemans yet with his contract situation. Um, you, can get him very che- you can get him for like 15, 20 million in this window, which is very cheap. But uh, Danny Ward still can't keep a clean sheet. If I'm right, the Matoma goal for Brighton was a cracker. Yeah, it was. Well, it, it was. But the thing is, that's what... like They already have a replacement for like 
That's why they easily let Trossard leave because they literally have a squad they can replace. Yeah. They they lose a player, they'll find some random youngster just to replace him. They'll spawn him in. I don't know. Yeah. Like this guy's the next best link. <laughs> and you've never heard of him in your life before. Exactly. I I was I was looking earlier at the transfer news and I what a change in Lamptey. Only a few a few uh like last year, he was having such a good season. He was linked with big moves. Now he's linked to going sporting on loan. Yeah, as a replacement for Pedro Porro going to Spurs. Yeah, I, I, I was listening to um, Carve on um, Sky Sports today in Darmish. Yeah. yeah, and they were saying that it's unlikely Brighton are willing to let him go on loan, even though he the hasn't thing is, Brighton only, Brighton only let players go for, like, big money. Hmm. Yeah, because six, eight months ago, we were potentially looking at a right back. I, I, I mentioned him, and I can't, I just can't believe the difference that what's happened in eight rejected. months. From, I mean, so, I know Brighton rejected bids for two fifty-five mil plus bids for Casado from Chelsea. They fully rejected. Yeah. Their official stance on that, as of this afternoon, is he's not for sale. They're hoping mm. that 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 he's only got two and a half years left on his deal. But they're hoping that they can tie him down. If not, they may look to move him on maybe in the summer. But he's yeah, because I know Arsenal, January. Ar- Arsenal, Chelsea, and Liverpool have all looked at guys. Got a comment in the chat saying Burnley are trying to sign Spurs's uh, Spencer. Yeah, he's not played. Much. I, I mean, in fairness, he need, he, need, he needs to leave. He needs to leave Spurs. So. Burnley is a yeah. good move for him. He needs to leave. A little line on that is. Um, if they get Pedro Porro in, they are um, looking to let the Jed Spence go out on loan. Yeah. Jed Spence sees himself very much as a Premier League footballer and would like to go yeah. on loan to a Premier League club. Maybe if there's no other Premier League clubs interested, he may look at top half championship sides. But well, as of, like they're going to be a good Premier League side next season. Mm, so as, they do as, as I've reported really the other day, he wants to try and stay in the Premier if possible. Mm. Yeah, Burnley we'll see how that really develops. Company. Yeah. Uh, next game, we go to Mr. King and his beloved Aston Villa winning 1 0 over Southampton. You want to kick us off on that, King? Uh, yeah. Um, Villa continuing their, their great form under Emre. I don't think we've lost an away game since, he, since we've come in, which before I don't think we'd won an away game. Um, so it's good stuff. Currently bit, sitting top of the of, form table. You had a bit of a well. fear in that one with Southampton, looking like they took the lead first of mm. all before your goal. Yeah, a bit of a contentious decision. I I, I I didn't actually watch the game, so I haven't been very well. So, but I'm hearing that to be honest, the goal probably should have stood for Ward Prowse. So we probably got away with it. But in football, you always need a bit of luck. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes it goes for you, sometimes it doesn't. We very much controlled the game with, I think, 65% possession. Um, we had more chances. I just don't think we could take them. I know they had an earlier goal ruled out for offside from Che Adams, I think it was, but that was definitely... And selling in, Ali Watkins stepped up quite well. Yeah, and they've hmm. got the the young new guy, Jan Duran, yeah. from Columbus Crew, is it? Columbia. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's meant to be um, very talented. Apparently, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man U, the likes of those teams were looking at him in the summer. 
So I don't know much about him myself, but it'd be interesting to see if he can step up with only us having one striker. I, I did hear that we was in for Moussa Dembele, who's out of contract in the summer for a £3 million bid, but I haven't heard nothing else since then. Yeah, I've, I've heard a few rumours. I saw that rumour, yeah. I also heard that we um, missed out on signing Nico Williams and Bill Bow. We was going to activate his £45 million release clause, but he doesn't want to leave Bill Bow because he's a backs player and they're very much settled mm. in where, where they are. He doesn't want to relocate. So there is other mm. names floating around, but we'll have to wait to see what the last few days of the window bring. Mm. Yeah, that'd be a good sign. I really like Williams. I'm surprised. I've, I've been surprised, quite surprised for a while that he's still at Bilbao, but if he's settled, he's settled. <laughs> um, yeah, do you have anything to add on that game, Boom? No, other than Southampton very much still at the moment, relying on James Ward-Prowse. they just got to hope he doesn't get injured because he's... They, they're resting all their hopes at the moment of getting out on James Ward-Prowse of this relegation battle. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next, we had uh, West Ham 2, Everton 0. The game that got Frank Lampard the boot. Uh, it's been coming for a while. Uh, so he has been sacked now. Uh, he, looked the void of, he looked the void of hope, Frank Lampard, throughout that entire game. I'd be happy to get out of Everton. To be fair, they are. He, he looked in the second <laughs> half. I was I was looking at Frank Lampard. He did he did not look like he had any clue of how to turn that around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do yeah. you think, King? Jared Bowen really good yep. in that game. Uh, yep. I feel a bit sorry for him to be honest. I mean, I don't normally feel sorry for Big Fat Frank, but. You know, the mess is from the top of the club to the bottom of the club yeah. at the minute, isn't it? And I think he's been the scapegoat. I think they had a lot of possession, but when I have watched Everton this season, and I don't tend to watch Everton a lot, but when I have, they've had they've controlled games in the most part by possession. And mm. I, I, one game that brings me back to, I think, was Wolves over Christmas. They should have won that game, but they couldn't take their chances. And when you've got a team that's out of form and out of morale and that aren't, taking chances when they have them. In this game against West Ham, they didn't create nothing. It was, a wo- it was a Wobie versus versus West Ham. Yeah. yeah. So when you've got, when you're in a form like that, then you just, I, I can't see them staying up at the minute. They, they tried, gonna... they tried to bring in Dan Juma to maybe put a bunch of energy, but he went to Spurs. Wow. Well, last minute. Uh, mm. Apparently, Frank Lampard were, had a massive say in that transfer. It was him that, did a lot yeah, of yeah. In, in, in his in his interview, he was talking about Frank Lampard during the Everton interview that we're never going to see. But that was the rumor that he mentioned Frank Lampard a lot in his decision. Yeah, so yeah. I think I think Frank maybe talked him into coming, and as soon as he was gone, that was it. He was like, oh, "I'm not going there." The club's a mess. Right yeah, now. apparently I'm the hearing... done and everything. But yeah, oh, now no, staying for them because yeah. he doesn't want to leave them in this mess that they're in is very good. Yeah, yeah. There was yeah. also all the video work and stuff done for Dan Jimmer as well, yeah. so it was quite mm. far along. Oh no, I might be staying, but how about Anthony Gordon jumping ship? Uh, he he is he's on strike. He's apparently just now told Everton he's not returning to the club at all. He did this in the summer as well. This is the second he's, window. He's just not turned up for training. He's not been in for three days. The first day, and, was appa- and apparently he's now apparently he's now told them he's not coming back. 
Yeah, the first day was arranged by the club for him not to be in, but the second mm. and third, they don't know. And I This is a kid who's been at Everton since he was 11. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's horrible to see this sort of stuff, isn't it, when the club's put a lot of effort into the young lad training him. They've given him first-team opportunities. He's coming. I think he did well the back end of last season. Yeah, he did well scoring it, big goals against like United, yeah. Arsenal, all of them. But but fair play mm-hmm. to West Ham, David Moyes. I think this was Al Sakiko. This guy. Yeah, David Moyes needed this for his own. He he claims he has all the support from the owners, but just for the press to get off his back for a small bit, he needed this. Yeah. Yeah. Jared Bowen announcing before the game that his missus is pregnant with twins and goes and slots <laughs> in the go. double. Two goals, two goals <laughs> for the two, two what, kids. What can you say? Where where do you think Everton go from now? The rumor is they're talking to um Bielsa and they're also talking to Ancelotti's uh, son. I think I think both decisions and... are stupid. Apparently, uh, Deutsch and Bielsa are favourites. Deutsch, uh, Bielsa's the chairman's like number one person he wants to go for. Bielsa's people and Bielsa have flew to London to have face to face talks, but apparently the deal is a long way off because Bielsa, Bielsa has reservations. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't think Bielsa, he's worried about the pace of the team apparently because his system you need quite a lot of pace. I don't think Bielsa would keep if they hire Bielsa. I think that's the worst decision for Everton at this moment. Next season, if they stay up, then Bielsa could probably be good then. But like to keep use up in a league, Bielsa's just not it in my but while stating my dinner, Carvey and Darmesh were on Sky and they were saying Bielsa also wants 200 grand a week. Wages. Jesus. Nice. So, Sean Dyche would happen. keep you up, in my opinion. He's done it. I, th- I think. I think Sean Dyche is the appointment. Uh, Ancelotti. Ancelotti's son is a terrible idea. But you, <laughs> you just said we had Ancelotti. Might as well have his son. That's what they're going. <laughs> do do you think the next person that goes in there, say if it's Dyche, do you think he's able to keep them up? I mean, you I look think at you, Everton. I think you need someone like Dyche that can literally get the fight back in them. Straight away, because that's what Dyche, cause they already have two players in that team that know Daesh's system in Dwight McNeil mm. and Tarkovsky. They will know what Daesh wants them to do. On, just on, pa- go- on, okay. on, on paper, that, that he's kept with the, like, the worst budget in Premier League history for a long time. And he kept what he done with Burnley is really underrated. And I, I think on paper that is a better they, squad. They have the players to play dice balls football. I understand exactly where you're coming from, and I do agree. But something I have to put there is Deutsch built a Burnley squad over years. That squad was together. That squad had morale from coming up, from getting top mm. top finishes in the Premier League to even getting European finishes. Deutsch could potentially be going into an Everton team that's lost six of the last eight games with two draws in. It's only won three games all season. That I think their top goal scorer is Damari Gray on four goals. Mm. Uh, their their team's obviously lacking in morale. It's lacking in form. I think. If you look three... at the team he had, like Chris uh, Calvert Lewin is better than Chris Wood that he used to have. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah, he is on paper better, but on form from this season since he's come back from injury. He's been, yeah, that, that's just what worries me. The new manager they, is still in effect. If you get are they in too much of a hole? Like yeah, with, all, with all this like ownership business and stuff that's going on around the club. And, and, because... and, the, and the fans calling for the board to be sacked. 
that that happened at Villa when we got relegated. That that's a massive cloud over the club. That is that affects players mm. like and players just, are being stopped by fans being questioning them. I just mm, don't know yeah. if if Everton are in too much of a hole, but we're only halfway through the season and they're only two points off safety. So yeah. you can't rule them out until until they're actually mathematically down. But I just think it's going to be difficult for whoever goes in there, from my point of view. Yeah. And next, we had Manchester City 3, Wolves ne- uh, nil. Uh, Haaland is back uh, against 10-man Wolves, scoring a hat-trick. Uh, over to you, Boom. Ten, I, I don't, they didn't go there for 10-man. Uh, Why do I have 10-man? I, I have no idea why. They, they had 11. <laughs> they played like they had 10-man, though, Wolves, to be fair to you. But, uh, yeah, it's just Haaland... Scores a hat-trick again. He, he does it now and again. He had that little stint where he wasn't playing as well, but he's ever since the second half of the Spurs game, he's gone back into robot mode, and, he's, and he punished Wolves to, today. He wanted to prove to people that he hasn't been a fraud, like I called him in the last two episodes. Yeah. He wanted, he wanted me to not have him as my <laughs> player that's dead to me this week. That's what he wanted. <laughs> I just hear that right, Mr. Boom. You're calling Haaland a fraud. I did the last two episodes (laughs) because he hasn't scored. Wow. Yeah, he has been off the last few games. And I I do. He was was a player dead to me in the last last week. So this week he's he's, he's come back. It's obviously not been picking boom points up on uh, FPL, has (laughs) it? No, no, that's why he was dead to me. But that's why he was a fraud. He wasn't getting points. He got points this week, though. So he's, yeah. he's back in the he turned, books. He turned up this week, but I, st- I still stand with what I say. I think togetherness as a team, they played better without Haaland the last few seasons because with the false I think nine. They're, they're still adjusting to having the main striker there and they haven't figured out how to do it. He will score goals and win you games like he did today, but like in certain mm-hmm. games, they haven't figured out how to manage with the thing. But yeah. in this game, even Kevin De Bruyne came back to... To win an assist, he's gone missing for a, the last few weeks. Yeah, I agree with yeah. that point. I think some guys, I think they are still adjusting to having a main focal point up there because they haven't had it since Aguero. And I think when it look, when it looks good, I think Man U going back to when the five Man U they demolished them five now. But six three, sorry. Yeah, he scored. Was it four hat tricks in a row earlier in yeah. the season or something? Yeah. You know, when it goes through stages like that, they look unstoppable. But I think since the World Cup, I think a few players have been suffering from a bit of a hangover. And I don't mm. think you can blame just Harlem for that, although he has been a bit bit quieter. Yeah. yeah. I, I did see Pep also hinting at that potentially a future move back to Barcelona today in the future. And Pep, uh, after like the Spurs game, told his team that they had no passion whatsoever. Yeah, he went in to win. Like, and <laughs> it seems to have worked in the for the Wolves game, that going in on his entire team. Yeah, he did definitely go in. And next we had Arsenal three, Manchester United two. Uh, really good game. Yeah, me and Boom did the watch along for this. And uh, over to you, Boom. Good game, but I, I think Arsenal deserved it. Was as Arsenal, I've, I listened to a lot of Arsenal fans assess the game, and they did say a lot of them that this was. United have been the toughest opponent that they've faced this season at the Emirates. Because yeah. the game was very open. We we 
United took the lead through a beautiful Marcus Rashford thing. It's just the equalizer for Arsenal came from a bit of sloppy marking from Wambasaka, but the man hasn't played too much football this season. He's only started to play week in, week out again, Wambasaka, because of Dallow's injury. So unlike Roy Keane, I cut Wambasaka a little bit of slack. <laughs> Rokin doesn't uh, let, let anyone uh, But the uh, beautiful <laughs> response from Martinez for after they after Saka scored a worldie. There was there was two worldies in the game, but two most informed. I, I still made me laugh. Martinez, Martinez from a header in the, in the and, box. Uh, as, as you were saying on the watch along, you said get it to the tall man in Wegos. We got it to the <laughs> tiny man, and the tiny <laughs> man scored from the header. Yeah. And then just uh, at 2-2, it looked like it could go either way. I said that on the watch log, but fair play to Arsenal. They look like if you want to win titles, these are the games you you have to yeah. win. Even if it doesn't look like you were, you are going to win at one point, it looked like it was going to be a draw because it was getting into at a time. But they found a way, which is what you need to do to win titles. So yeah, look really, And Ketia has done really well for himself recently. Yeah, I originally said on the watch along, He's doing really well, and like ten seconds later, he scored. <laughs> um, what did you think about the game, King? Yeah, it was a good game. I watched. I watched most of it. I missed, I think, the first little bit. But Marcus Rashford's on good form, scoring most games now, which is really good from an England perspective. He's ten goals uh, in ten games, apparently. Eddie Southgate and Ketia torn a new one for not playing him. <laughs> Eddie and Ketty are getting a double, which was nice to see from an Arsenal fans' perspective. I feel like Manu sort of dug in a little bit towards the end and Arsenal yeah. turned the screw we, a lot. You could always tell that if there was a goal to win the game, it was going to be an Arsenal goal. You see, they still had a little bit left in the tank. We wasted our, our tank was up near the end. Yeah. We, were hoping, we were holding on for the 2-2 at, like, the, at a time. Sinchenko, re- really good performance. Odegaard, again, really good yeah. performance. You've got, obviously, yeah. Saka... And Martinelli, you know, standout performance. Yeah, the only player season. that didn't really do well for Arsenal in that game was Ben White. He was he struggled yeah. in there for it. It's why they took him off at halftime. But I definitely think Arsenal probably deserved the win on on the oh, stats yeah. and stuff and the chances they had. Yeah, I think the but only I, problem. I think the I, only problem we sorry. Yeah. I think the only problem we we have is like. Uh, me and Boom were both looking at it at half time, and the only the only like subs that jumped into head was uh, Giannaccio coming on and Fred. Giannaccio and Fred were the only two that's, that we could have done to change and that's, anything. And that's, that's what I was just about to say. Mm. That Arsenal and Manu, although obviously it's a massive rivalry in the Premier League, mm. you two teams at the minute are fighting for different positions. They're in a race with Man City for the title. You're in a race with Newcastle and that for the top four position to cement your top four. So I wouldn't be disheartened about losing this game. But I think the thing is Arsenal had uh, people on the bench that they could bring yeah. on. In well, Trossard, Trossard looked yeah. quite well when he came on. Whereas Manu's bench was like Granaccio, Alanga, Palestra. Even Terry Henry Henry said in a post that this was a team six months into a rebuild versus a team three years into their project. Different stages, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Uh, Moving on, we've got a few games to gloss over before our Bundesliga roundup we have this week for you, which was a very exciting week. 
in the Bundesliga. So the games to run over: uh, Liverpool nil, Chelsea nil. Battle of tenth place. Uh, anything who, who, to add who on? Top the, who the top of the mid-table battle would end in a draw. Well, <laughs> I, I watched this game. This was the lunchtime kickoff, and it yeah. was so boring. You had Norwich, <laughs> Norwich Coventry on at the same time, which ended up four three. And I wish I'd have watched the other game. Mudrick but, looked lively when he came on, though. To be fair to him, uh, he had one chance, and I think he made the wrong decision. He yeah, yeah. He, I mean, when I say he looked lively, he at least was running around the place, which is but, fair um, enough compared to the rest of them. I don't know whether I'm correct in saying, but haven't the last three or four Liverpool Chelsea games ended? Yes, goalless you, or you very are, low are, scoring. You are correct. You are correct because their last few finals have ended in a one-one draw in each one of them. Yeah, so you knew that there wasn't going to be loads of goals, and it's two teams really out of form in the Premier League, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, not, not in the best form. And Liverpool are relying on playing Gakpo with usually a winger as a as a forward in that game. Mm. Saying that he has played, uh, he was being trained as a, a striker by. Yeah, um, but he wasn't ready in a full develop. Even Israel even said he wasn't fully ready for the striker position, and they were okay. also playing by Bayatich or whatever the young midfielder in this game, and Milner yeah. as a right back again. That, but 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 Stefan Bajicic, whatever his name is, he looks decent. But you can tell by the quality in the game. There was the early goal disallowed for offside, which I think was just offside. But um, yeah, both from teams had, Hubbard, but... had fifteen and eleven shots, but only two and three of those was on target. So but, that but Klopp was very Klopp was very happy with the clean sheet. He he said mm-hmm. little steps. He's happy with the li- little steps is what he kept quoting in his press conference, and he and he made reference said. In his press conference after, he said, well, Arsene Wenger lost his 1,000 game. At least I didn't lose. <laughs> I did see that. I did see that. Um, I am seeing, uh, after everything he's done, I am seeing a bit of people turning on Klopp, which I think is wrong. It's, it's, it's the seven-year theory of Klopp that is, after every seven years, <laughs> it's, he, he struggles and eventually leaves a club. Yeah. And this is a seven-year at Liverpool, so it's, People are kind of just bringing up that theory that after seven years, Klopp is useless. I understand that they've dropped off a lot from what they've been like over the last few years, but they have had a lot of injuries. And they have a very ageing squad too. Their squad is not exactly the youngest. The the biggest factor in this downturn of form is the selling Mane. Mane and Salah's partnership has been unstoppable for years. And I think Mane actually did most of the legwork in that partnership. Mm. They haven't got that person yeah. to set off the press and stuff anymore. I think Mane, did, m- have... Mane did more of the work than Salah. Salah well, just Salah got the headlines. Even when yeah. they used to, when they first started playing together, you had Firmino setting the press. As Firmino mm. st- started taking a backseat role, Mane mm. came into that 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 sort of role. And even though mm. Mane would get the goals whilst doing that. Salah always hmm. did get the headlines, and I feel like yeah. maybe they sold the wrong one. And yeah. you got to look at like their players aren't getting most of their midfield is like thirty years old, especially on like 32, 33. They're not yeah. exactly the quickest. I'd, this I'd love to see how many times they've started the same three in midfield this season hmm. because they get. I don't think they're creating any partnerships with, no. with their, yeah, with their they, pairings they, because they they their main midfield last season was Thiago, Fabinho, and Henderson, but they've kind of just 
been swapping Fabinho out because he's not been on the best, but they've been swapping him out with like a bunch of other people. Like Jordan Henderson started this game on the bench. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Moving and on. Tr- and Trent. No one knows yeah. where Trent is these days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on, we had Bournemouth 1, uh, Nottingham Forest 1, Crystal Palace. Good results for Forest. Yeah, good result. Um, yeah, Bournemouth picked up a little bit of form recently. Um, and uh, then we had Leeds. Uh, the, for, the former, I will say about that Bournemouth game, the former Bournemouth player in Sturridge scored for Forest. So. Mm. And he did celebrate, so obviously there's no love there between them. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'll gloss over a few games and then we can say if there's any points on them. Uh, so Crystal Palace nil, Newcastle nil, Leeds nil, Brentford nil, Fulham nil and Spurs one. So is there any points on these games? Uh, Palace did very well to keep both United and Newcastle quiet pretty much in the last two games. Very good for them yeah. after their bad run of form before that. Uh, Leeds are still terrible, which is why they're trying to get Weston McKenney <laughs> out of nowhere. With the event situation. Yeah, and, and Tottenham, Harry, it's just Harry Kane. Yeah, definitely. Um, what do you think of those games, uh, King? Fortunately, I didn't have the pleasure of watching them, which is good. But uh, <laughs> great, great result for Spurs. Fulham have been doing so well this season. Yeah. Spurs, I think, just had, I think, maybe two results now that are. That might be looking on turning their <laughs> season around a bit because they've been slumping. Um, yeah, but but unfortunate for Fulham, but a great result for Tottenham. Uh, Leeds Brentford. I didn't watch it. A few Leeds fans I've heard say they had absolutely shit loads of chances. Sorry about the language. They actually had nine shots on on goal through the whole game. <laughs> so I, I don't know where they're coming from, but yeah, I, I'm glad I didn't watch that. Boring nil nil. I watched well, they had five on target to Brentford's like zero. On That's what they must mean by yeah. absolutely loads. So, mm. but Newcastle Palace. I think uh, Newcastle were unlucky not to get the win. They're probably. Mm. Maybe a couple of players off, maybe cementing that that European position this season. I think like they, so, these sorts of games, if they want to be getting top four, they need to be winning these. Yeah, they're uh, getting a lot of draws at the moment, aren't they? But I'm glad Palace frustrated them. Like if they if they if they annoyed me during the midweek and didn't annoy <laughs> Newcastle the week, I would have been annoyed about. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. But I, I just feel like from a Newcastle fan perspective, yeah. they're doing great to sit in fourth and they're being linked with obviously Anthony Gordon and whoever, but they're only three points ahead of Tottenham. I know they've got a game in hand, but if they can't beat teams, I'm sure at the start of the season, they struggled to beat teams like Palace, yeah, they drew nil nil. And they're the coming into the into February, they're coming into the big games again against City and Liverpool and all of them. You've got to really be in the teams in the lower half of the table and mid table to get top four from my perspective. Mm. So but but that's it from that. Yeah, definitely. I, I think Newcastle will get it because I think they Spurs might crumble a bit because it's it's basically confirmed that Spurs aren't giving Conte a new contract and that could unravel. Um which isn't a, if you know your manager's not there next season when you're fighting for Europe, it could be uh demoralising so we now have the Bundesliga roundup what a week 
in the Bundesliga uh, we had last week. So uh, let's start with Dortmund and Dortmund's 4-3 uh, win over Augsburg. Ballingham back. What a goal by Rayner, but what a game. Uh, did you want to start, on us, start us on this, Boom? Yeah, it's amazing. It was a back-and-forth game, like... A good goal by Bellingham. He was sensational in his first goal. But then credit to Augsburg. They they came back, equalized, and then suddenly then the game was a light shot <laughs> back scored to make it two one yeah. for Dortmund. Good good defender that yeah. then he got shuttle back and then it was two two after that. Augsburg came back again. And then once again Dortmund take the lead and you think finally they'll hold on to this then no once again <laughs> asma come back with david kalina decent goal from that man and uh you think oh it's gonna be three three now but then giovanni reina gourmet's favorite our own gourmet's favorite player that he kept mentioning in the whole world cup of why they weren't playing a bunch of controversy with that during the <laughs> world cup but a beautiful goal from him to finally seal the Bullet deal for him. For uh, Dortmund and an assist from Bellingham. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where Bellingham's going in the summer. Or they go in this. Dortmund currently in the table sit fifth, so they they're starting to look back up to the champ. They they did before the World Cup. They were dipping out of being anywhere near the Champions League place, but they start they're starting to now come back up towards the top four. That top six is very tight in the Bundesliga this Mm. season. Do you have anything to add on that game, King? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, next, we had Wolfsburg 6, uh, Freiburg 0. Um, yeah, uh, what, a, what a game. What a performance by Wolfsburg. They're on really good form. What a demolishing of Freiburg. They were Freiburg before the World... Both teams before the World Cup were on a good run of form. That's going into this game. So it'd be interesting to see... It was always interesting to see if one of the teams lost their run of form, but Wolfsburg managed to keep their run of form, and they absolutely, from the first minute, scoring in this game, and yeah. they kept it up to just demolish. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Freiburg. It, was, it was a very and for good a, for a team that was in the bottom two early on in the season to now in seven looking up at the table with their run of form. Very good to them. They're even close to taking Freiburg's position in their currently six. They're they're going into the top six, Wolfsburg on their current four. Yeah, definitely they they are playing really well. They've they've got the old Bayern manager Kovic there now and he's doing he's doing really well there. Um yeah, do you have anything to add on that King? Um no not really just that Wolfsburg are on really good form six wins out of eight with two draws in there I think you said about the top six really close it's only two points that separates the top set with with seventh place from the sixth place I think yeah thirty one on six twenty nine on in seventh that them and Leipzig are the most informed teams in the Bundesliga at the minute I think um it's been a great total race so far with Union Berlin and Freiburg being up there for so long hopefully one of them can stick in. Champions League spots after being so good so far through the season, but it's going to be a hell of a race. Yeah, and talking about the title race, that goes right into our next game, and that's RB Leipzig 1, Bayern 1. Bayern with the first goal. Uh, A bit of controversy around a potential red for um, 
the centre back um Upper Meccano. Upper Meccano. Uh but it was just a yellow uh, obviously he used to play he wasn't deemed he wasn't deemed to be the last man in that situation. Yeah, and then uh and then uh Leipzig equalised quite quickly after that. So, keeping that fight going, what did you think of that game, boys? Uh, Bayern looked very well in the first half, but their same problems crept up to them in the second half. They just, at the moment, don't look like confidently finishing off games. They're always on. They're always susceptible to chances. This was the first game for goalkeeper Jan Sommer mm, that they signed yeah. to replace the injured Manuel Neuer. And Ch- uh, the only positive is that Chippamonte continues his goal scoring form yeah, this they, season. Yeah, that's what they it, they're miss they are missing Lewandowski. They need to sign try and get a world class striker in, in in the uh, in the summer. I think that's got to be their main goal. Um, I don't know who they'll bring in, but I think that is where they've got to strengthen. What do you think, King? Yeah, definitely. Leipzig was unlucky not to uh, win that. And Bayern then followed that draw up with a 1-1 to Cologne on Tuesday night as well. So they're definitely uh, struggling to find the goals. But um, Leipzig looking really good, followed their 1-1 up with Bayern Munich with a 6-1 away win to Schalke. Yes, a lot of goals in the Bundesliga at the moment. And that goes on to Cologne, which was our next game. And that's Cologne 7, uh, Wender Brumann 1. And uh, shocking defending. Uh, and uh, Cologne with seven goals. Do you want to get us started on that boom? With seven goals, you wouldn't think that Cologne are in <laughs> 10 position in this league, but they are. But they <laughs> absolutely smashed Werner Brennan. A complete demolished job from them. Werner Brennan did get themselves a goal back with a bit of a consolation in the first half, but the game was pretty much done by the end of the first half, and then the second half, they just. I just added two more just to finish the thing. And the last one was an own goal, which just capitulated Werder yeah. Bremen's day. Yeah, it was not a good day at in the office for But the them. only good thing about Werner Bremen is that they, they do sit in 11, so they're not, they're, it hasn't affected them too bad. Yeah. What do you think about that game, King? Yeah, I think um, the first one mm. went in the floodgates open. Yeah. Nine, min- nine minutes the first one went in. They had five by 36. Uh, yeah. 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 Where, where, where the Bremen aren't. Um, oh, they've moved up since the last time I've seen. They're still only four points off the playoff. Um, yeah, yeah. Werder Bremen they are in 11th. And Werder Bremen, they, they accidentally followed up that loss. With, they know they lost against Union Berlin, who were trying to stay in that. That yeah. uh, top four. Hmm. Yes. Uh, now it's on to our topic of the week, and this this week we are talking about uh, the re uh, are Manchester United reunited under Eric Ten Hag. Uh, obviously, quite a few things to talk about at the moment. What's going on at the club with the the ownership uh, about to change hand uh, takeovers? Uh, very close. A few interesting parties, which we'll go into in a minute. And uh, yeah, it's Eric Tan Hark who's doing a massive job, amazing job. Um, yeah, uh, did you want to get a started? Boom, but uh, Eric Tan Hark and the atmosphere. Oh, and the, the, he's the, that was the main problem from last season. Is the 
the atmosphere. The, the players were completely not a team. They were all disjointed. And that was a big task coming into United this season is how do you get that team ethic back together? We saw it. It, it didn't start straight away because we saw at the beginning of the season the Brighton result and the Bramford result completely non-existent. But ever since that Liverpool game, you started seeing the progress of them coming closer and closer together. And that's really been more emphasized after the World Cup break. This mm. one, when the, the run of 10 games on the field before that Arsenal game. Yeah. That's really... Yeah, and we even saw it against in the, uh, the Carabao Cup run of like start of Burnley, then Charlton, and now the first leg against Forest has been very good atmosphere. And the team, look, even when they make one clearance, they're all high-fiving and celebrating. Yeah. Like, everyone's yeah. been involved in that one clearance. Yeah, yeah, I've not seen that in the last, like, five years of, you know. Yeah, we have, it just, it, it, it was like, always blame each other. And also what I haven't seen is, like, when something goes wrong, it was always the same. Like last season, it was always the same. Bruno would go on Twitter. And so would uh, Rashford. Say, so would Rashford so go like, we, 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 we should have done better. And it was like they were copying the same thing every week and nothing was getting mm. done to fix that. So it just fans just got annoyed every time they saw it. They didn't say, oh, thanks for apologising. And I saw a stat that added the... About it. Man United are ranked third in their most clean sheets in Europe this season. Yeah. With 15, tied with Barcelona, and the only one that has kept more clean sheets in the in Europe is Newcastle with 16. Yeah, they have been very good, Newcastle. What do you think, starting this first part of the debate, King? Yeah, I think things are clicking a bit better. The signings that they brought in in the summer are doing quite well. They've definitely come a long way since um, losing 4-0 to Brentford. Um, but yeah, I mean, never, I mean... I don't think you can put them fighting there with Arsenal. So if you take the Arsenal result out, they haven't lost really since they lost to Villa on the 6th yeah. of November. So it's a good run. Hopefully they can keep it up from your points of view and get into the top four. I don't think they'll be doing much business in the January window because of the sale, but yeah, they're doing yeah, all right. Ed, yeah, any business in this window is just going to be loans because of the sale potentially one more but yeah it looks like we are trying to look for one more attacker alone yeah. but like that yeah it really depends on if there is any attackers where we can get it i think someone That's like good. an attacking midfielder who can play like cover up top as well would be someone would be ideal because we i think that is where in we're really missing cover for bruno we have got no cover for bruno in that 10 round yeah. He scored a quality uh, goal last night. T- technically, yeah. if you if we had decent cover for Ericsson, technically Ericsson could be cover for Bruno because they both normally play at number ten. But we have used Ericsson more as like behind Bruno because we really yeah. have no one else. Yeah, around Definitely. the midfield in general. Yeah, and I think they play. I think they play well together. So I think that I'm glad they're playing them as a as a free. But uh, yeah, uh, so. Uh, next, we had our transfers. So, in the summer, we signed Anthony, Casemiro, uh, Martinez, Christian Eriksen, Malassia, uh, and then in this January, Jack Butland and Veg- Veghorst. So, uh, yeah, did you want to get us started on transfers, um, Boom? Who, who have you been impressed with the most? Yeah, it has to be Casemiro. I've been impressed with the, that man. 
had just we were crying out for years for that defensive midfielder and he's gone into that position and really made it it it, it seems like he's been in the Premier League for the past five seasons. Yeah. He he did not really need that much. He struggled in like the first game he started, but after that he just did not seem like he was never it seemed like he was always in the Premier League. Yeah, it's his attitude as well. Like I was reading of I think I mentioned it on the podcast a few weeks back. He was he was watching when the it wasn't root came out yet about the transfer, but he was watching the Brentford game at at home, and he t- and he turned around and called his agent and said, "I'll sort this out." And I, I lo- <laughs> other signings. I love Martinez. That his energy just fills the team. That's what I want in my centre back. Just that kind of. He just gives you vivid vibes, doesn't he? <laughs> He's a he's a crazy man, but uh, but he has a brain. He's a crazy man with a brain, and even yeah. Luke Shaw has really stepped up to the plate, not in the centre back position. Anthony, and there's a bit of with that signing. It's a bit of like open the air with Anthony at the moment because of the price tank. If you look at his numbers, they but not but he has he has done quite well. But I'm I'm under the impression, like I told my dad and stuff when we were talking about. Anthony, so I won't really judge him till next season. I'll give him the season to adapt to this new league. I gave Sancho a, a season before yeah. I said, I don't think we've gotten the proper Sancho at all. So hopefully he comes back, Sancho, and does well with this one. But, like, I'm going to give Anthony the time I gave to Sancho, which is a full season. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you've got I'm high high energy. And yeah, he's, he's definitely pushed Shaw on to the next level, which I, which I like that he's he's energetic. He's not quite the complete left back just yet, Malasia, but yeah, he's there's a potential there. And Ericsson as a free transfer was a stroke of genius. Yeah, I don't know. He is he is second most assists in the league, I believe. Yeah, he's up there in the assist chance, but he's just but even when he's not playing well. Ericsson in the game, he still gets an assist. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I really like Ericsson. I I questioned signing at first because he had his moment. Like he was for, like when he was at Spurs, he, he, it was a few times though his like up and down in form. But just the story of it, like how obviously the tragic thing that happened to him in the last World Cup to have that injury, uh, the Euro, sorry, and then have that injury, people thought his career was over, Inter Milan terminate his contract. He goes to he goes to Brentford, does amazing, and then gets a free transfer to Manchester United. It's just an amazing story. Uh, really, King, what did you think of our signings from an outside perspective? Uh, yeah, I think the Casemiro one was the big one, wasn't it? I think that's worked quite well. But a player of that quality... You'd expect him to be able to come into the Premier League. He's played Champions Leagues. He's won Champions Leagues. He's played World Cups. He's played uh, South America, Copa, whatever it's called. Copa America, yeah. yeah, Sorry, my mind just went blank. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, so I didn't expect him to struggle. um, But he's probably been the best one. I'd say second best would be Ericsson. I think because Casemiro come in, Ericsson sort of goes under the radar a lot. Mm. But like you said, he gets a lot of assists. His passing quality is like, you know, he's up there with the best, you know what I mean? Uh, Martinez has done well, though he has missed a fair few games recently. Because he was too drunk. He was like Jono, too drunk after uh, his party. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, mean, 
he came in and shooed up the defence to start off with, and even though he hasn't been in the team anymore, it's still yeah. been quite solid at the back. Um, they yeah. maybe are leaking a few more goals recently, but now they're scoring them in the attacking mm-hmm. areas to to compensate. Maybe conceding two, they'll score three. Uh, Veghorst has done but... it. Has done about as much as I'd expected him to do when he came in. He's not I... really the prolific goal scorer in the Premier League. I think Malassia was a good signing as well. I think he's done quite well. I think left back was a position they probably needed to strengthen in. I think Woot's only played like one or two now, hasn't he? I think yeah. he'll be a decent signing as cover. He got a because... he got a goal against Forest and like, you know, which fair play to it. But he, he we more we more we more got him for his pressing and build up play, which he's done quite well in. And the thing is, you needed somebody to be able to cover Martial because let's face it, Martial isn't always the most consistent and does have his injury problems at times. So yeah. I think for a loan signing, I don't think you can knock it really. But I definitely yeah. say Casemiro. Casemiro for me and Ericsson, I think, uh, I think we, have transformed that midfield. For years, we have been overrunning that midfield. We we haven't had a proper DM, I'd say, for at least five or six years. Yeah, for the past for the past four se- for the past like three seasons, it's been Bruno and McFred. Yeah, every window, United fan, we need a DM. We need a DM. We need a DM, and it's just not happened. We've all, and they've just like pay, tried to paper the cracks, but um, yeah, having that DM has released and been babying us to make have that line higher, with the defense being also more secure. We've had to be, be able to move that line up, which we haven't before. Um, so yeah, I, I can't. I can't say anything bad about him. I love him. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, next, uh, after the transfers, the Glazers, they have finally decided to put the club on sale. Kind of forced. Um, they've got a lot to do. They've got to pay um, for the stadium redevelopment or slash uh, rebuild, depending what side you're on on that debate, which I'm sure we'll get onto in a minute. It's a big part of it. Uh, the training, same with the craning ground. And, uh, yeah, so last November, uh, in November, came out the Glazers put the club up for sale. Uh, we've had our first person come out officially uh, and say that he is in the bidding, and that is Jim Radcliffe, which we all expected. He's been rumoured for a while. Uh, rumours from Saudi uh, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, um, other Middle and Eastern countries. Obviously, there's always going to be links to um, America because of the Glazers. So, uh, yeah, did you want to get us started on this boom and king? Yeah, well, the owner situation, they they never wanted to put money into infrastructure in the club. They wanted it to just be good on the pitch and to earn them money. That's their entire thing. The brand of United could just always earn money, but it's got to a point where we haven't won trophies in ages the team is not successful therefore you're losing money each year that yeah. we don't get any success or even the champions league in some years that it's eventually got to a point where all our all the things are outdated they need investment we're one of the only teams in the premier league to not have a screen for var yeah that when var happens no one knows what's happening in old Trafford. Yeah. <laughs> only the ref yeah. does uh, which is yeah. every other team, people in the stadium will know what's happening because it will flash up on the screen. There's none of that at all. 
Old Trafford, uh, it's falling apart, it's leaking during storms. Yeah. Um, the training ground is apparently years. terrible compared to every yeah. other training ground in the Premier League. Yeah, like there's a even... lot of money that needs to be invested in the Glaziers. Don't want to spend their own money on it, so they've done this thing where they were looking for investment and considering a full sale, which more and more as it goes on, all the reports are saying they're definitely looking for a full sale. Yeah, and I think that's they what want to, right. they want to cash because the, with Eric coming up the results, they want to cash out while it's big and profitable yeah. at the moment because Eric is turning it into that. With results wise on the pitch, they're hoping that boosts up the price. Yeah, and the share price the day they announced, which was f- funny enough, they tried to nick the headline by announcing it on the same day as uh, sacking Ronaldo. Um, that doubled the price of our share price after that announcement that the Glazers were up putting the club up for sale, which just proves the problem. And um, uh, fans wanting them out. But yeah, so yeah. We're, do you want to get us started on Jim Radcliffe and uh, King, you jump in where you uh, you want to? Yeah, Radcliffe is a and we know he's a United fan. He said that before. And this time he went in a little too late for Chelsea. He wanted Chelsea, the Chelsea, but his bid went in way too late. So this time he he's going in first. He's yeah. the first man that goes, I want it. And he's going in with it, uh, probably anticipating the American investors and the, uh, yeah. and the Saudi and Qatar kind of Dubai area. He's gone in with his company, Ineos, to add a bit more money rather than just Jim himself. Yeah, because I think Jim, as he's the richest man in the UK, but I don't think he's got enough money on his own. So but he's gone in with his entire, as his brand more so than yeah. as himself this time. Yeah, and uh, he you... hasn't he hasn't gone in with any anyone yet. Like even yeah, Hamilton think... said he was not a part of it. Yeah, there was rumours about that. Uh, there's rumours mm. about ex players, a player as well that on his bed potentially nothing has come to that yet he is, he's going in by yeah. himself with his company yeah i know i know um beckham said that he'd be interested in in any potential being in part of any consortium <laughs> and in any uh, potential bid uh so what do you think on radcliffe king yeah um i've i've heard about him quite a lot he owns niece he has a few football yeah. teams doesn't he i think yeah, he was, yeah. Um, he was going in for Chelsea. Yeah, I think the, I think the, the the stumbling block is a bit with him is the price. I think yeah. he wants to pay what the Glazers are asking. Which, to be honest, I don't think anybody is, unless you're going to splash money out from the uh, Saudis or something. Um, but but it might be good for somebody like that to get his hands on the club. He's a long life uh, Man U fan, so that might be good. Um. I, I I wonder whether the Saudis and that are going to invest in one of these top teams because they mm. could buy one of the smaller clubs just outside the top six for a lot cheaper of the price, pump money in and end up probably making more offer. I think um, with the money that's got to be spent on the stadium, the training, the training facilities, ground, yeah. you know, everything needs updating. Then you're going to have to put money in for players. For transfers, yeah. It's, like, a, it's, a lot it's of... just a lot. Like, you, yeah, because yeah, the thing that. is, you, you you need to have, like, the six billion to buy it and then, like, 
another couple like four or five billion afterwards to invest. Well, well to, yeah, that, to build Tottenham's ground wasn't that like a billion pound or something? Yeah, that's so what I'm saying. Wanna... Like, you need six to buy the club outright, and then you need like another like five billion after that to invest in. Well, if they want to build a new Old Trafford, that's going to be a billion pounds. Yeah, going to have to spend. The, the prices have come out because it's the same. Um, they're talking to the same developers who built the London, uh, the new Spurs stadium. So they've, they've come up with two projects. One is the redevelopment of Old Trafford. Uh, and they've been quoted £1 billion for that or a, bra- a brand new uh, st- uh, state-of-the-art stadium. And that's been quoted at £2 billion. So any potential buyer, that's the first decision they've got to make is you're going to spend £6 billion on the club and then spend another billion to two billion straight away as your first purchase basically. Well I think and that's that not even with been advised not to spend more than three billion on the purchase of Mania. Yeah. So I don't know yeah. I don't know whether six billion's the asking price. I'm not too sure to be honest. I don't keep up to date on Manu as much yeah. as obviously you guys do. Yeah. But um it's it's a it's a lot of money to be purchasing for six bill and then you've got either a billion or two billion then you're going to have to probably invest in the squad over the next few windows, another billion yeah. pound. Then you've got the the uh, training ground hasn't been updated. I think was it no. ten years or something? I was yeah. The, that that was that. that was part of Ronaldo's interview. He said he uh, when that all came out, he said in his interview that it's exactly the same from when he left the club. Nothing well, has is, changed. This, this is the thing, isn't it? This them selling the club and stuff like that was a knock-on effect from the interview. So, I mean, I know Man U fans yeah. aren't really happy with how Ronaldo left and came out with his interview. Apparently they were maybe of... they should be thanking him. No, yeah, apparently they were thinking of the... In the background, they were already thinking about selling, but the timing of them releasing it was very strategic. They released the the news of them. They were going to wait till, like, near the summer to release Didn't they want to sell a couple of years ago when the club was yep. in sort of dire straits? Yeah, they were, they were going to announce that they were looking for investment. That was going to be closer to, like, now the new year. But the, they mm. released the news way early because of the Ronaldo story. It's I the think easiest, the hand was just forced a bit, weren't it? The yeah. hand was forced to announce it then because they, they were going to get a lot of backlash for the Ronaldo interview. So they needed a story to... Completely yeah. squash it. Well, plus you couldn't have a player of that higher profile come out and say all this stuff about Manchester United, especially when most of it was true as well. You know, and, and then sit there and then come out rosy from it because let's face it, Man U fans aren't going to stand for that, are they? You know, Man no. U fans want to be top of the tr- top of the tree, and you know, yeah. so so maybe they should be after their history over the last uh, last twenty odd years or something in the Premier League. But to stay top of the tree, you've got to be investing. You know, there's new technologies all the time, and if you're mm. not investing and staying at them levels of Arsenal and Man City and Tottenham, there's going to be drop offs that the 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 there is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I was saying, like it's a disgrace that one of the biggest clubs, arguably in in the world, like the it's on the list, is like. To not have a screen for VAR, yeah. every club has a screen. The VAR decisions, yeah. except for Old Trafford, has no indication of when VAR is being used. Yeah, like yeah. Even, we were talking about earlier, Burnley had the worst like budget in Premier League history. And even they had a screen. <laughs> so, um, 
I mean, before yeah, they, but... get, they get a screening, they might want to make sure they're filling them holes. So Doris, <laughs> no one told you old Doris from Salford, don't get wet every time it rains. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah they. Uh, I did make me laugh though, and I, I do. I do think I don't think Jim Radcliffe will get it because I don't think he can compete with. Um, it, it, depends who comes, it depends who comes in. He he can compete with like the American people when they come in. He's, he can be a, yeah. You can arguably compete with them. It depends on if the rumored of of the Middle Eastern investment comes in, or if yeah. they do what King said and maybe look at a different club than Manchester United for the price tag. We'll see what happens with that. But at the moment, there's no movement uh, from the Middle East. But the rumor that they're going to. The yeah, there's a lot rumor, of rumors that they're going to. Yeah, the but... strongest rumor that they are going to, and that that is um, Dubai because they're the only one of the big, like big Middle Eastern clubs. So you got Qatar, Saudi Arabia, um, uh, the guys who own Man City that don't currently have a, a club, and they love competing against each other. It's that's their thing. They like to, like throwing money at it. Um, the guys that own Man City, they're... Where are they from? They're uh, Dubai's neighbours. I can't remember what they're called. Um... So I was under the influence that if you owned a club or had stakes in a club in the Premier League, you couldn't own another club. I know that yeah. PSG... Abu Dhabi. Have... Abu Dhabi is the... Yeah, and then you've got the Abu people Abu. from Newcastle. Where are they from? Saudi. Saudi right. So you've got the owners. I'm sure it's the owners of PSG. They want to come in for somewhere. And I know that yeah, they've been meetings that, with different clubs. That's Villa. that's that's why the rumours of them only going for small investments in the club rather than full sale, because they don't want to lose PSG. But if they wanted to fully buy a club with some rumours, well, they're trying to say they need to sell PSG because you can't have you can't have could. two you can't own two clubs in the same competition. Well, I don't, I don't know. Wow, well, then Jim Radcliffe would have to sell Nice. Yes, well, I was just about to if, get on. If, the if they get it, if they get into, Europe, I thought it was in the same a, league. I thought it was in the same. No, it's league. in the same competition. Say if Nice got Champions League and United got Champions, yeah. there's a conflict. Well, you would have to sell one of them then. I know that yeah. the meetings that these people from the Qatar, Qatar. Dubai, whatever, Qatar, they've had yeah. a meeting with Tottenham. They've had a meeting yeah. with Aston Villa. I'm Little sure there's another, another team they've had a meeting of that's around that sort of like... Yeah, Liverpool as that's, well. But what you but, said there, King, is why Nice are concerned. Because they, if Jim Radcliffe buys United, then you pretty much can... He's not going to want Nice to get into the Champions League. So therefore you no. become... It, where, you can, where are you going to go, from, where you gonna go from there? Yeah, yeah. Because I, don't, don't um, Man City's group own like eleven clubs around the world, and not eleven yeah, yeah. competitions. No, I think I think that you, you can own you can you can own multiple Genoa, you can say. own multiple clubs if they don't make it into the same competition. If any of them made it into the Champions League with Man City, they would have to sell one of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I was. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. One on, on think... the gym. On the Jim Radcliffe thing and the Qatar thing, I was thinking about it the other day. If he doesn't have the money and Qatar want to invest into it, but don't want a complete takeover, I wouldn't be surprised if a rumour came out with Jim Radcliffe being backed by the Qatar. Because if Qatar don't want a a full takeover and they can do a consortium with, say, Jim Radcliffe, for example, is he someone who's come out? 
that could make the difference that he can't afford the club. I was just going to say this. With the amount of money that Manu are wanting for the club and the amount of investment that, that the new owner are going to have to put in, it's probably going to end up being a consortium of a couple of people coming in. Because it's not just like one person's going to fork out £10 billion and buying a club, upgrading everything, putting a bit of money in for transfers and then coming away mm. with change. You know what I mean? That's a lot yeah, of money, yeah. even, even for these super rich. So it's probably going to be sort of maybe a couple of groups come together and do it. But yeah. but I think it's still early days, isn't it? At the minute, we've only got yeah, one yeah, it's kind of it's, it's, it's rumoured that beginning of February is when we're going to get more. F- they're going to... Yeah fully go formal everyone is at that point jim jim radcliffe has just jumped the gun to try and get in first to to put himself into a good position well what the rain group are saying the rain group is the ones in charge of the track the uh, sale that's the same people who sold chelsea from roman abranovich uh, the glazers put the same people in charge but what they're saying they want people to come out with the names of saying we're interested now then when you're interested, you get our bank our bank details so you can see all the accounts. So uh, Jim Radcliffe has currently got access to all of all our accounts. Uh, as soon as that's happened, they want all official bids in by mid February to complete a purchase by March. Is the scale they want? Uh, I don't think that's realistic, but that's what um, they're currently saying. I can say why they want that because when you probably want the sale done before the summer window opens, yeah. so it doesn't affect um, the rebuilding project that's going on at Manu. Because the worst thing that can happen with this sale is it rumbles on and it rumbles on and it affects the summer window because then it's going to start affecting Ten Hag's uh, rebuilding project, and that's going to yeah. make the process of Manu taking their team to the next level even longer if they're not willing to put any money in January because of the takeover. Yeah. Then my linger on into the summer that could be um that could be a worrying uh, sign. So I can understand why they want to do that. Plus, if they are setting these deadlines, it means that they are they are very serious about it. And probably uh, and plus it. and plus they wanted to done early because you have to do the the owners background checks that the Premier League likes to do these days. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and uh, yeah, we'll hello, see. What... Hello, hello, chatter from Twitch, Brian. Yeah, hello. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what comes of all of that. Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, we'll see what happens the rest of the season. So uh, now we move on to. Uh... Boom's fancy Premier League update. So over to you, Boom. Who's dead to you this week? Oh, you see, the previous weeks it was there was Harry Kane last week for not doing anything when his team bottled it against City. It was Holland the week before where I called him a fraud. He's no longer a fraud, like I said earlier. He's back 34 points as my captain this week. And even Kane managed to get six points for his goal. So they're both out of the bad books. This week, uh, you could have people like James Ward Prowse down there, but you know, Villa good win, he got a fortune with that. But the player dead to me this week is Luke Shaw. Now, I'm I'm a fan of Luke Shaw, but 
in the 83rd minute, you lunge in on Saka, <laughs> you get yourself a yellow card, and you cost me all my points for him. You. Yeah. Un- unacceptable, Luke Shaw. Yeah. Go- going from at least get having a point to your name to then having zero. Yep. And uh, how is the league looking this week? Who's who's uh, who's had a good week, though? Who's had a good week? Well, despite my anger for Luke Shaw, I have gone up from 10th to 8th position myself. So, mm-hmm. looking good. Uh, back up at the top of the league, though, is our man, GG513. Oh, he's he back. He's get himself back up. Uh, Shaughnessy has jumped Lucas to second. So, Shaughnessy is now second. He's now the closest competitor to GG. It's very close between them. And uh, mm. there is 1277 for GG and 1275 for Shaughnessy. Oh, remember the winner of this will get a print by FM Hub. So, uh, yes. Uh, oh, the top three are very close within touching distance of each other in this league. So, uh, scores for GG this week, he had. Holland, everyone has him as a captain these days. He also had Trippier. He also suffered from the player that's dead to me this week in Luke Shaw. <laughs> he, he, he managed to vice-captain De Bruyne, so got him six points with that one. And he had Saka and Rashford in this team, so, you know, they got him a decent amount of points for that one. And Shaughnessy did raise up to second place this week, so we'll see what, what things he had. He had Kappa. Going for that, having faith for Chelsea to at least keep a clean sheet against uh, against Liverpool. There, he had Trippier and Saka. He had uh, two Newcastle defenders with a Kanji. So backing on that Man City and Newcastle defense to keep a clean sheet, which is a very good move to do. And he yeah. had the usual: De Bruyne, Rashford, Odegaard, <clears throat> and Bruno Fernandez with Kane and Holland. And one Very for uh, and one for King. He had uh, Leon Bailey Ooh. in his team, yeah. so King will be up with that. Uh, I will tell you. You want me to tell you where you are, John, on this week? Do, do I want to know? <laughs> I don't know. Do you? You're still in twenty sixth, yeah. my friend. <laughs> I'm not last, so it's fine. <laughs> You're not last. That is still. Is it still gourmet? How, yeah, tell, gourmet. how is? How is the whole team doing? Let's have a look. It's a hard team update. How is the team performing? Oh, Gourmet's uh, trusted... Uh, <clears throat> he trusted Brighton to keep a clean sheet with his keeper. It's not not too, too the best. And uh, he trusted Forrest and uh, Arsenal to keep a clean sheet this week. In his defense, it's not, not the best decision. <laughs> but he Trippier in there, so his dad, he trusted Martinelli, Almiron, and Ericsson. Uh, neither of them, neither of those three actually did anything this week, so not the greatest of bets. <laughs> but he had the usual De Bruyne or Holland. It, it does well. Yeah. But had Mitrovic in there who didn't do too well for him. So not the best. And that's pretty much most of the uh, team. But the team isn't even on this. So. Yeah. Oh, so that's basically it. Uh, it'll be inter- it's going to be interesting over the next couple of weeks before we get to the end of this thing, the crown our winner. That battle between GG513, Shaughnessy, 
and Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So thanks for that. Boom. So uh, King, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitch on uh, twitch.tv forward slash fmking007 or on the Road to Legends podcast or not Road to Legends podcast, Football Nation podcast or <laughs> Road to Legends draft. Yep. You got there yep. in the end. I'm on, I'm on that much, mate. I can't keep up. <laughs> <laughs> boom, where, boom, where can we find you? Uh, crazy boom double underscore on both Twitter and Twitch and Boom Pool on YouTube and on the Football Nation podcast because I know the name of this podcast. <laughs> right here. Yeah, I'm not gonna leave and that can, one down anymore. And you can find me on the Football Nation podcast, your home of all things football. Uh, the Road to Legends in the background. Uh, I'm still running it, but more of a background role now uh, with uh, King there. And you can find me at jono.tv on Twitter. Uh, yes, thanks for watching, guys. Smash, make sure you smash a like button, smash the subscribe button, turn that bell on so you never miss an upload. A lot of content coming your way. Uh, so we will see you next week on The Football Nation. We've all been legends. Good night. Sports Social Podcast Network.